Welcome back to episode eight of the Ins and Outs, sponsored by B and Q. I am Jojo Barr, and I am Polly Wilkinson. On today's episode, we are going to be answering some more questions from the Innies and Outies. We're going to be talking a little bit about Christmas trees. Polly's going to talk dirty to us as usual. Uh, we talk business boundaries and my husband's epic DIY fail. Hello, pal. Hello, friend. We're back. We're back in Spotify Studios again. I feel a bit yes. more relaxed today. Yeah. You're wearing brown. That's was my in last week. Well, you know, what you say goes, my friend. It's I, an I in follow color. where you lead. I there also you go. notice mm. you are wearing Kim Kardashian's nipple bra, though. <laughs> I am not. Oh, okay. I did not buy these. These are my own. It's quite chilly in the Spotify Studios. I like that because it's just there's no false advertising here. No. I'll not give Kim credit for this situation. It's just very chilly in here. Well, bravo. Thank you so much, pal. Thanks. <laughs> very inviting. Now, tell me, what have you been up to since we last met? It's full steam ahead at home. Christmas is very much upon us. Mm-hmm. And therefore, with a three and a five-year-old, I've been bullied into pulling out the Christmas tree. Have you? When do you pulling out? Do you have an artificial tree? I have an artificial tree. I have a what the balsam a balsam? I really enjoy listening to you. Um, trying to find trying words. Trying to find words. It's interesting, it's isn't it? It must be things. fascinating to listen to. I'm so sorry, everyone. I probably waste so much of people's lives in just trying to find words that... Very simple words to describe things. Balsam. You've got a balsam hill. Thank you. Yeah. I've got a balsam hill tree. Lovely. Um, and it comes fitted with the lights, which is probably one of the best things I've ever purchased. The funny thing is, when we were living in London, in central London, we used to go and get real trees. Yeah. And then as soon as we moved out to the country, we bought an artificial tree. So you can imagine central London when you're trying to, you know, drag a dead tree in January out the front door. Mm-hmm. And now we've sort of gone the opposite way. And now we're in the country. It would have been the perfect place to have real trees. Well, I suppose you've got the storage for it now as well. Like, cause they take I've got the storage. I have to say it's the lights. The, the, the fact that all the little artificial lights are actually in the tree is just so fantastic. I don't need to worry about it. And then it's just all about dressing it. But... Um, it is one of those funny things when you're dressing a tree that I don't know about anyone else, but we only ever dress the part of the tree that you can see. If you look, if you go around the back, there's just, it's completely naked. And then the front is just beautifully dressed, covered in decorations. That's much how I do my hair in a very similar way. Sort of as long as it looks nice from the front, I can't see the back. So it's yeah. not a problem. It looks like I a rat's ass from the back. <laughs> I mean, I'm not does. saying it does. <laughs> looks fantastic. Sorry, pal. <laughs> Um, looks wonderful. Anyway, what about you? Have you got the Christmas decks up? I do. I do. I do like to get my my month's worth and the kids love it. Do you have like a, a date, not before? I very much put it off now until as, as late as I can in November. Just just before December. But it depends when the days fall as well. But it tends to be the weekend, the weekend before the start of December. And then we'll always go up to, there's an amazing little place. I say little. It's called the Christmas Tree Barn and it's not far from where I live. And it, would you believe it's in a place called Christmas Common? And it's this amazing barn that is dressed for Christmas. Oh. And you can go and choose. And all the trees in there are decorated differently with all the different um, baubles and things. And you can go around and just pick. I get the girls to just pick one bauble each. Never happens. They come out with about, like, you know, armfuls of, like, Christmas tat that I don't want. And then I have to sort of, there are tears at the checkout because I'm sort of, you know, taking them off these children saying, no, you can't have that. You can't have that. We've got enough tat. So 
I'm just going to say something that you can keep and take out. God, these jeans are fucking uncomfortable. I tell you, they're right up my nun. <laughs> That's got to stay. Really cutting me in half, these. One thing I did do, I did go to pick up all my Christmas tree lights, uh, Christmas lights for outside. This is the first year that I have purchased myself from B&Q some outdoor Christmas lights yes. that go actually up around our apple tree, oh, which that. is just... There's something about twinkling lights when you drive home and you see these little white lights in a tree. It's something I always dreamed of having and now I've got it and I love it. Good for you. I yeah. absolutely love it. I go big on the outdoor lights, but very elegant. Mm. But what I like to have is the twinkly ones along the gutter. I like that, like on the house. Um, so they look quite pretty, but always in a warm white. Warm white, always. Once... <clears throat> a long time ago, it must have been almost 10 years ago now, I bought lights, didn't check the colour, and they were blue. Oh, gosh. Oh. No, that's not a good look. No, it's not for me. No. I, I prefer a more natural look. And then, yes, and then you have, like, the blow-up snowmen outside. For, like. I don't have them. And Santa Claus sitting on the roof. No, I just I just have very chic little little lights on the house. Of course they're chic, darling. I would um, expect nothing come on. less. And I love, I love to wind uh, lights up tree stems do you know something we often get asked by clients actually is can we install trees solely so that we can decorate them at do Christmas, you? which i love yeah I yes love we that. can yeah we actually get asked by clients if we can dress their houses for christmas which is one of my favorite things to do one of our favorite clients we go and dress her house for christmas every year <sighs> yeah and obviously the budgets are a bit more generous than when i do my own house yes I and they and it's so tasteful it's lovely do you have internal floristry as well? So yes, we do oh, all that. Just wrap them up the balustrades and oh, it's oh, lovely. Heaven. Yeah, and the wreaths. Oh, gorgeous. Oh, I'm feeling festive. I'm feeling festive. <laughs> what have you been up to at home, pal? Gearing up for Christmas like you, my friend. So the tree is up. It is currently a naked tree because I have to do the lights. Oh, because it's a, it's a real lights. tree. Where do you get your trees from? No, actually, dirty secret it is not a real tree. Oh. I have had an artificial tree for, uh, oh, do you know what? I love an artificial tree. And the reason I love one is because I like that very American full vibe. I want a full bush. Mm -hmm. I want a full tree. Big old bush. And I don't like those trees, which are sort of have that sad little spindle at the top. And where you can see the wire in the middle. Yeah, it's not for me. I like it to be a big old triangle. And I don't feel like you can accomplish that with a real tree. And I've done so much research on what is more eco-friendly, chopping down a tree every year. Yeah. Or having an artificial one, and I this artificial one I intend to see me through my life. But yes, we're so full on full on Christmas mode now, and mum life. Lots of buying of gifts for family members and gearing up for Christmas parties. And do you know one thing? I think you know all the shops sell a lot of Christmas um, clothing at this time of year, party mm-hmm. wear. I don't have a lot of parties to go to, and then I wonder: is it just oh, me? Pal. No, but like, oh, I'm sorry. What are all these parties that everyone's going to? I think they're Christmas parties, works parties. It's only because is everyone having them without me? No, you're just (laughs) not invited. I'm going to loads. I've got like three weeks. Well, I'm just sat at home in my sequins. I don't know. I guess it's because if you work for company, if you work in a big company Mm. or corporate, or you have lots of clients that have uh, are big companies, you get invited to their parties. Or maybe I just don't have any friends, and they're all everyone else. Like I said, I'm going to quite a lot of parties at the moment. Oh, bugger (laughs) off! Just NFI'd. <laughs> it's time to delve into some questions from our innies and outies. Our first question. Oh, it's for both of us, actually. Do you have any rules you put on yourself when it comes to running your own business so that it doesn't consume your entire life? 
Gosh, you can start with this one, Paul. Yeah, I've got one that I really is a really strong boundary for me, which is around WhatsApp. I can't pretend all clients like it, but I will not use WhatsApp for work. It drives me wild. I find it very um, invasive because clients, if you say, yeah, no worries, WhatsApp me, will message in the evenings, on the weekends. And it's not that I don't want to communicate with clients, but it's that I don't want that instant intrusion into my life, particularly evenings and weekends when I'm with the kids. I don't want to be pulled back into work because my instant reaction would be to reply. And then suddenly your brain has switched from trying to be present with your family to boom, I'm back into work mode. I also think the instancy of WhatsApp, of that sort of those blooming blue ticks, they've seen it. It makes me feel obligated to reply. And there is no other service I can think of where I would dream of WhatsApping. For example, my lawyer or accountant. I would never WhatsApp them. I would email them. So I think sometimes in the design industry, there's an expectation that it's it's more back and forth, back and forth. And I completely respect those that choose to WhatsApp in the working day. But for me, I just think nothing is that urgent. And I just want that barrier. So I really just think for me, the biggest boundary I have, and I have it in my contract, I have it in my terms, and I'm quite clear with clients, I'm not available on WhatsApp. Right. And that really helps. It's just that one boundary that I think just keeps church and state. Mm -hmm. I've been going now, business has been going for about eight years. And I would say that the start of a business, when you first start up, it's quite natural to not have any boundaries. Yeah. I think because you're trying to take on new clients and, you know, you, your boundaries are sort of wide open. And I think it only really gets to a point where you're actually feeling really under it and really quite stressed and unable to almost, it's all consuming that you then think, I need to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. I think actually that happens almost when you take on a team and you actually want boundaries for them. So you start protecting your team's boundaries. So the team mm. that work for me, I'm very conscious of their time. I wouldn't message them after sort of 6.30 in the evening. Likewise, I wouldn't message them at 7 in the morning unless there was an absolute emergency. Um, Even though, to be fair, a lot of them even work, you know, ridiculous hours. But I think that boundary is therefore in place amongst the team, in the team anyway. And therefore, I think it does rather feed through into our clients. I make that really clear from the very, like, from the offset. So I think boundaries probably come into business a little bit later yeah, you're so right. I'm just remembering now. I used to go and do client meetings on a Saturday yes. morning. Well, because you want the business and you're building your portfolio and you're building your relationships. And, and therefore, I think you sort of, yeah, your boundaries are just wide open. But everybody needs boundaries in personal life and work life. And I think that's a, yeah, I think when it comes to running your own business, it can completely consume your life unless yeah. you just put a stop to it. And clients respect it, actually. It's not, you know, because they, they would be the same. I think they would, you know, they would understand it. I think also when you're, a designer, it's slightly different. When I, when, when, I, when I was project managing, we used to do a lot of project management and that was just doors flung open, no boundaries. Mm. I mean, the, the fences were down. It was, a, it was all times of day, night, weekends. That was a little bit more understandable because you might be talking about leaks and things. But we are, we're designers. We're, you know, we don't need to... You're not an A&E doctor. No. You can no, probably wait. No. Unless it's a leak. And then no, we're not really that wait. important, really. Okay, right. Great question. Thank you. You're, yes, thank you, Anna. Our next question is for Jojo and comes from... Jelang Sullivan. Hi, really enjoying the podcast. I think it was you, Jojo, that said that you'll put wooden floors in a bedroom over a carpet, as in instead of a carpet, Mm -hmm. not laying it on top. I would like to do this in my upcoming reno, but was wondering if noise is an issue and I should be using some kind of sound muffler. Part of it will be a loft conversion with a bedroom upstairs, so don't really want to hear my daughter scuttling around upstairs when I'm in my bedroom. Yeah, I can get that. So, 
so divided on wood floor. I I am. I understand why people like carpet in bedrooms because they feel it's soft. Funnily enough, it actually tends to be more... Men actually prefer wood floor upstairs in bedrooms really? than women. Women like the feeling of comfort and, and carpet in general, I find. So if husband and wife, I do tend to get into the sort of having to explain exactly this. So people worry about wood floor being noisy. That is purely how it's laid. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with having wood floor on first floors if it's laid on a proper structure and you also have soundproofing materials so you want a sort of ideally a sort of double sound insulation um it's like a wool essentially that they pack out between the floorboards and when they put the sort of new wood floor down when that is down you cannot hear anything below you so honestly like i think people people definitely worry too much about this you will not hear even if you were wearing heels and you were wandering around upstairs, which you wouldn't want to do on a wood floor. I've got questions about that as well. Yeah, you? You, wouldn't, you wouldn't hear it downstairs if you've got the right soundproofing. So you want to get some decent soundproofing, you know, padded out between the floorboards before you put your wood floor or subfloor down. So helpful. So helpful. Yes, there you go. But, it, but I think it also is a little bit of a personal preference. People sometimes like the comfort of carpet. And obviously you think carpet essentially is a muffler, so it does stop sound travel. Um, and it does feel a bit warmer. Underfloor heating is another question I get a lot. Wood floor is is, is soft mm. and it's warm. If it was porcelain or stone, then it's going to feel cold under your feet. Of course yes. it is. But wood floors, it's warm. So even if you haven't got underfloor heating and you've just got radiators upstairs, don't forget as well, heat travels. So when your radiators are on downstairs, if you've got heat coming up through the floorboards, it is you're, you're going to get a bit of heat travel and therefore it is going to be quite warm, even if you haven't got underfloor heating on the first floor. Can you put underfloor heating under wood floor? Oh, absolutely. Well, it's brilliantly oh. underfloor. Yes, absolutely. I don't know why I thought it might sort of no, perfect. hurt the wood. No, 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 no. No, okay. no. We have got a question from one of our outies. Next question is for Polly from Taz Parker. I'd love to ask Polly a question. When plants die back below ground level, how do you fill that gap? in other seasons can you plant on top of them same with where bulbs are i feel very stupid asking this but i'm surely not the only one that gets very confused thank you love heart oh bless you i'm going to assume what you mean is what happens when you've got gaps in your border so the way the seasons work is if you think about summer is when your borders are full of plants and remember what i said in previous episodes treat your summer planting like two schemes because something that flowers in may june could start to look a bit ratty or a bit tired come july august so remember to have those june and july flowers and then those august september flowers and plants um with them you need to make sure you have enough structure to carry you through the rest of the year and that's what I've been banging on about there are going to be times in the year where you will have gaps in your border and that's namely going to be from late autumn through to spring and that is when we go with the bulbs which I know I feel so boring talking about bulbs all the time but essentially summer your borders are full in autumn you've got the seed heads structure grasses and your evergreens still you know you should have relatively full borders as the frosts come which they have now very much come things start to die back and either you can leave some of them but most of them when they go all sort of um, mushy from frosts that's when you cut them back Obviously, you've still got your evergreens giving you structure, but there will be gaps in the border then. And that's I would never plant things there just for the sake of it over winter, because come summer, it all fills out again. And it's a cardinal sin to overcrowd a border. So in winter, you just need to own there's going to be gaps. And that is why you need that winter structure from your ornamental grasses and your evergreens. 
And then comes spring when it looks really gappy. That's when you, you know, the grasses have collapsed through the storms. You've probably started to cut them down, ready to regrow. That is why we put bulbs in, because those are going to fill the gaps until the perennials wake up in April, May and fill out again. So, no, you don't need to stuff it all the time. If you find that in summer you've got a lot of gaps, you probably don't have enough plants or they're not mature enough. So you'd want to add more plants. And I suggest you add more of the same, not a plethora of different ones. Pick two or three new ones and plant them in groups rather than going, I'm going to choose 70 different plants and fill the gaps with one of each. So it is normal to have gaps in the border as the season progresses. I hope that helps. Our next question is for Jojo and came from Alice. Jojo, what do you think about mixing hardware, chrome and gold? I love gold, but we already have silver hardware around the house. I love this question. Yeah. I have this conversation a lot with clients. I get into sort of debates about this. So I'm not... I'm not a fan of chrome, however, it very much had a a time Mm. and therefore people are now, you know, people are buying houses and they're predominantly filled with chrome and, you know, um, stainless steel. I think stainless steel has slightly been evicted. That's a sort of much more brushed look. But then chrome is obviously fantastic for things like sanitary wear, for taps. It's the most hard wearing thing for showers. You can mix metals. Don't be afraid to mix metals. So I tend to say bronze, antique brass and gold are all beautiful together when you then introduce silver that's when it starts to be a bit like oh but if you have things like silver chrome sanitary wear and you want to bring in things like bronze and a little bit of antique brass on say wall lights that is totally fine so where a a brilliant one to bring in i would say if you have a lot of chrome in the house antique bronze is fantastic because it's a slightly more traditional take on black black had a moment a very swift very fleeting moment in time I think a lot of people that put black elements in their house are probably slightly regretting it it's sort of quite modern whereas antique bronze is timeless Mm. so you can bring that in on hardware door handles ironmongery on doors for instance if you've got an antique bronze door handle just make sure you change the hinges on the door you don't want sort of gold gold on the door and then you've got a bronze here and then you've got a bit of chrome there that's when it all starts to look a bit of a mess so think about what it is that you're looking at so hardware so think about your your door handles your um, hinges on your doors, let's say your light switches, yeah, they could all be bronze. And then the gold, those antique brass elements, you can actually bring on on things like wall lights, you know, potentially sort of ceiling lights. And then if you've got chrome elements in your sanitary wear, that's totally fine. Tends to be a sort of rule of three. So no more than three. Yeah, Don't go crazy. I mean, you don't want like antique brass, shiny gold, bronze, chrome. That's going to look like a mess. Yeah. So three, don't ma- maximum three metals in the house at any one time. I just have a leading question from that. So you said about um, door furniture. What about the, the strips you have, if you have carpet? Oh, in, yeah. in, so what colour should they be? So your threshold, the, your threshold strips. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. It, tend to be the very cheap ones that you sort of get are sort of flat, very shiny gold. Yes. So many hardware companies haven't quite caught up yet. And a lot of, especially with sort of UPVC windows and doors and things like that, you're very limited to the finish that you can get. And sadly, they haven't, they're not quite there yet with the sort of antique brass mm. or the antique bronze. And therefore, you tend to either get sort of black, shiny gold or white or, or chrome. silver. Yeah, yeah. And you're quite limited. And therefore, gold, don't forget, anything that's that shiny gold is never going to tarnish. It's never going to suddenly burnish down to a lovely sort of soft brass. It's going to be very yellow brass. And therefore, if you've got no other yellow brass in the house, don't use it. It I've won't look nice. Those damn things in where the 
when I had my carpets put in. My, yeah, my, my short-term so, so there you're better off going with like dark bronze because bronze goes really nicely with Where'd chrome. Where do you get your dark bronze? You can get most places. Don't, don't look further afield than what the company is offering you because you will get compatibility with other suppliers that can offer you different finishes on Helpful. door hardwares and things. Good little question here. Coming from Shawnee Thorpe, an outie. I've moved into a house that has a large, dark anthracite grey patio, which we won't be looking to change anytime soon. Would you still paint the fences black or would you opt for a lighter colour? Does she say if it's an urban garden Good or not? question. No, I moved into a house that has a large anthracite grey patio. I'm going to assume that's an urban garden, but it might not be. So I still would paint the fences black. The goal being because we're not trying to paint it black so that you have a big black feature fence. We're painting it black because we're then going to plant things up it so your fence becomes completely unnoticeable. So, And that I really can't overstate that. The goal is not for you to have a load of visible black fences it's to make it as a background think of it's like a mount for your lush green growth in front of it so yes I absolutely would I appreciate it might look a little austere for the first year whilst you're waiting for the plants to grow interestingly we had um, a project quite recently where someone had an enormous amount of very dark grey paving and it would have been incredibly unsustainable and uneconomical to change it So we actually brought in a lot of very large oversized pots in paler colours and warmer colours. So we used a mixture of a really beautiful warm bronze, but also a um, a sort of putty beige. The goal being we're trying to warm up the space. Mm. So if you have if you find you've got a very dark amount of paving, then try and lighten it by bringing the pots and bringing loads of plants onto it. One of the biggest mistakes people make, and I've said this before, is having these big swathes of paving and just plonking some furniture on it. It makes it feel like the furniture might as well have fallen from the sky. So you need those Big pots, you know, we don't like a small pot. Big pots full of lush planting. It will instantly feel lots warmer. Also, actually, Shawnee, when just I'm envisaging this Mm. sort of dark grey patio with your black fencing, and I can understand why you're concerned about painting it black because you don't want it to feel dark and Mm -hmm. heavy. I would say also actually consider the furniture that you're going to put out there as well. So if you have an option to buy, if you haven't bought Mm. yet, perhaps um, go with a wooden, a timber, timber garden furniture dining table with lovely timber chairs only because again you're adding a texture and you're adding a lightness and as soon as you sort of put like a black or dark gray on that gray it's again you're just adding a dark thing on top of a dark thing so the wood is going to be lovely to bring texture and warmth final question of this episode is from andrea do you think there has been a shift with more women doing diy at home i love this question i don't know about well we talk about this quite a lot we don't do we? yeah uh in my relationships of old I have always been the DIYer always in my household I'm the only DIYer yeah yeah absolutely I enjoy it though I don't know about I actually I really love it like you will catch me dancing down the aisles on a Friday night in B&Q they have great music in B&Q by the way absolute banging soundtrack they actually have really no genuinely I no no word of a lie at the weekend I like to hang out in B&Q. The music is amazing. I don't know if they've got a DJ in B&Q. Do you know what? I've uh, spent too much time on TikTok recently and apparently hardware stores are where you should go to pick up men so maybe that's where I need to be going. Oh gosh, Paul. Just hang around the aisles looking a bit clueless near the band Well, you can come with me and I'll be your... I'll be your... Um, I've done it again. I've completely forgotten the word. Sidekick. No. Yeah, no, you had it. That's it. Sidekick. Right. What am I? Wing woman. I'll be your wing woman. Just whilst I'm eyeing up some hardware and panelling and dado rails 
you can be picking up men. <laughs> um, we digress. Do we, think, Polly? do we think there's Polly? more women than men? I mean, as far as I'm aware, it, it's isn't it more women than men? I mean, look at the Instagram no, Renos. I think we're looking, don't forget, if our, the majority of our followers uh, I think about 90% women. So I would say we're looking at it from one angle, but think about in general, I think I would say it's it's always, I, I personally think it's going to be mainly men, but I've from definitely seen from a trade perspective, but all of the home reno accounts that I follow, bar a couple, are women. Well, she said DIY, not trade. Um, but these are women that are loving it. Yes. I mean, it's a real, yeah, I, I love it. And they getting really involved, DIY at home. Get that panelling up. Uh, it should be DIA actually at home, isn't it? Do women do it all at home? Mm. Is it not? Oh, dangerous territory. Well, I've just dropped a few followers there. <laughs> Sorry, lads. There you go, the last 3% of our male following. <laughs> but we do pretty much do it all. I love my husband, Brad. I love you, honey. I really do. But you are so fucking useless <laughs> when it comes to DIY. It's actually, it's, it hurts my heart a bit. Look, he's brilliant at other things, though, so it's okay. He is, but I, can I tell you a funny story? Always. So I, a couple of Christmases ago, I genuinely, we moved into this new house and I, my old power drill was, a bit, you know, down up the chute. So I said I, I would love a new power drill set for Christmas. So off he went to our local hardware store and bought me this new Black & Decker double... <laughs> double. No, we're not going we're down not that We're not doing that again. again, sorry. You know, you get the big one and then you get the spare. And I was like, oh my God, great. So he came back with this and I was, loved it. And I said, oh, did it not come with a drill bit kit? Mm. And he looked at me so blankly. And I said, the, the drill bits? And he's like, what's, what's a drill bit? He didn't know what a drill bit was. Oh, God bless him. Drill bits. I mean, it's like, honey, it's the drill, the, dr- the bits that go Just in the end of the drill. keep saying drill bits till he gets it. And he, he didn't know what they were. And he actually had to go into the harvester store and he told the guys that were, thought he was rather hilarious that he didn't know what these things were that I was telling him about. But he just has no interest in it. He just glazes over when I sort of say, something, can we do that today? Or can we do that this weekend? And obviously now we've moved into this house. And I say now, it's sort of like three years ago. Um, there's so much that needs doing on that, you know, the sort of upkeep side. And he just doesn't think one minute, like the leaking drains and all gutters and all sorts, doesn't think. Like our shed is old, but it, all it needs is a new felt roof. I just got to just lay some felt out on the top, but it just gushes water, and then everything in there just goes like mouldy. I want to watch you lay that felt roof. I'm going to be up there doing it. Oh. I've got it. I've got it all. I've just got to get up there and do it. I'm aroused. Yes, thanks, Paul. Come around and see me. I Come will. and see me do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who needs the aisles of B and Q? I'm going to go and watch Jojo lay a felt yeah. roof. Or if there's any men out there that would like to come do it for me, I'd really appreciate that. Or women, actually. Well, frankly, the women, DIA I think women. it's the, uh, do it, do the it, rise all women. of the DIY women. Yes. Go, girls. Okay, wrapping this up then with our with how we like to end these podcasts now. What is in and what's out in your world right now, Polly? I mean, can I just say Taylor Swift is in just every week? Just Taylor's always in. I just love her. I know, we all love her. I'm going to say what's in is leather trousers. And I'm going to tell you why. I mentioned I got some brown leather trousers. I am today wearing black leather trousers. I love that they are wiped clean because I have small children. So that is my in. And what's out okay. is uh, probably um, anything except elasticated waistbands because <laughs> I intend to just eat Stilton for the next month. Oh, yes. Mince pies, brandy butter, lathered in brandy cream. I just want an entire wheel of Stilton that I'm going to gnaw like a rat. Yeah. 
<laughs> dirty, <laughs> dirty, cheese-eating rat. Ah. I can't wait. You're right, actually. That's a really good idea. Elasticated. I mean, we're just going to live in leggings. Leggings. Big baggy cashmere jumpers. That's it. Mm. Oh, bring on the stretch. Good. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Ins and Outs. As always, please remember to like, subscribe, share, write a review, tell us how amazing we are, and send us questions and also your big design fails.